0: In today's episode, Jason Labrash and I discuss how instilling core values changes the dynamic of the workplace, even if you run a metal shop. Incidentally, if you take a look at a picture of Jason and myself right next to each other, you would swear we're twins, but we are of no relation. He's a good guy, though. You should check this episode out.
1: Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the Do Zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe.
0: Time and tide wait for no man. Jeffrey Chaucer, DoZone Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and overall, just a great bunch of human beings looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is Jason Labrash. Jason and his father Roger own a blacksmith shop in Phoenix Arizona that produces ironwork such as gates railings and other decorative metal products for luxury estates throughout the southwest I'm super excited to have you on here I've seen some of your work Jason welcome say say what's up to the Do zone tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of
2: well Josh thanks for having me and uh yeah, I know that was a mouthful on my my bio there. With, <laughs> I've always had a hard time to uh, narrowing down that uh, our description of what we do. But, uh, you know, I think for a key um, of what or how to get things done is uh, it's, it's, it all, it's, it's where your day starts, you know, and how you start your day. Um, you know, in the morning I used to get up. And just fly out of bed, go to work, and, and mostly because of um, the way our company is, is we start early in the morning. We, we're in Arizona, so you know that's it's a kind of a little more normal thing here to start at five, six o'clock in the morning, just to beat the heat. Um, and so trying to be in before our employees and get them going, um, you know that means get, getting up early too. And uh, I always made an excuse that I couldn't get up, you know, much earlier. Um, so I just, you know, get up last minute and be out the door, no breakfast, nothing, just straight out the door. And, uh, when I started having a more morning routine, um, even if it's just as simple as making breakfast, you know, and getting your head, right. I got more done in the day. Um, but when I included actually working out and, and, you know, making breakfast, maybe even laying out my clothes the night before that kind of thing, it, uh, it just, it just changes the whole pace of the day. So um, you're not starting from behind. So that's my key.
0: Yeah, just just getting up early and starting that day early. And it's it's interesting that you have this kind of environmental factor of, well, we got to start working at 5 a.m. because it's going to be like 130 degrees at noon and yeah, (laughs) to be outside in that. And and so that's that's another thing is uh, you know we want to consider our environment Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: our environment really dictates a lot about what we do if we get up early and we get started early there are typically less distractions there's less noise there's less noise in your head and there's less noise outside of your head for in sure early morning hours and i've just i've heard time and time again of the some of the most pr- productive and effective people on the planet are they get up early because they can get more done at that time their brain is fresher and there are less distractions is that kind of what you found
2: I think so. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the, the excuse I had for a long time was I'm already getting up early, you know, I'm already getting up, you know, uh, you know, in the summer we start at five and like, you know, and so, and I heard that before, you know, it was, well, you know, I'm already getting up early, so I'm doing what everyone else is doing. But the thing is, is it wasn't getting up to prepare myself for that day. Um, I mean, I found, I I mean, I need a couple hours, honestly, if I'm going to make, if I'm going to get workout, breakfast, shower, things like that, you know, and it depends on it. I, I change, how I do it, you know, depending on, you know, what kind of workout I'm doing or, um, or just kind of seasons. But, um, but I mean, you know, if it's five o'clock in the morning that I need to be in the office, uh, it might be three o'clock, you know, getting up at, in the morning, but it's worth it. So.
0: so, so let's talk about something here. Uh, I have been surrounded by entrepreneurs for the better part of a decade, and there are, um, marketing guys, there are agencies, there are roofers, uh, there are car salespeople there's there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different kinds of entrepreneurs but I've never met anybody that owns a metal shop that runs around <laughs> in those circles and so I'm just curious how how did you kind of get into this uh, you know looking to grow personally and and expand your mind and surrounding yourself with other people who are, who are doing things and building their business, being in an industry where it traditionally is, is, is a lot more, for lack of a better word, kind of humble. So it
2: all started probably early high school, maybe actually even junior high. Um, my dad somehow got tickets and was given tickets to like a, a success uh, show. Um, and I remember Zig Ziglar was one of the speakers. Um, And there was a few other lists, I mean, of some pretty big names. And it was a free thing. I mean, I think, you know, they were handing out tickets and they, you know, they pitched their courses and things. And we ended up going to one that was all about, we ended up buying a course into stock trading and, you know, investing, um, which then led to one of the suggestions at one of those, it was another seminar conference that also pitched more things and, and all kinds of things, you know. Um, you know, and and that led to one of their suggestions was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm. And and then so I I'm sure it was like freshman year of high school, I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that just kind of just stuck. I mean, I think with reading those kind of books um through high school and just um just kept on evolving into different things. And just over time I've just fell into some different groups, networking groups, and, um, finally found apex where I've met you. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, uh, finally I feel like more on the right track, I'll be honest. So, it, you know, if some of them, you know, they either just didn't have the right focus or, um, the right people in them, all kinds of things.
0: So, uh, you know, you mentioned rich dad, poor dad, and you were reading that in high school and, and, You know, we've spent some time together and, and you, you run a fantastic business. Like I, I personally, I can't say that I've ever met anybody else that, that runs a a metal shop at all or anything (laughs) even similar, Uh, let alone somebody that, you know, has, has systems that has management uh, uh, systems in place for their employees and that has building company culture and core values. And I'm like, wow, you know, but, but it's encouraging uh, because my, my daughter is in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, for Christmas, uh, I got her The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And about a year prior, I had read that book and it changed my life. And she was going through some challenges. You know, she's kind of growing into herself and trying to figure things out. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to gift you this book. And I gifted her the book. and, uh, And within the last couple of days, she opened it up and started reading it. And, and I was thinking to myself, what, how is this going to impact her life? It can't, it can't be bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's definitely, you know, she's used to reading like uh, anime manga and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, this is like, this is a nonfiction book about getting your mind right. And, uh, and, you know, we, I checked in with her after she read the first few pages and she's like, this makes my brain hurt. But, she opened it up and she started reading it. And that gives me courage that she's going to finish it. And knowing that you're reading books like that when you were in high school and seeing where you are, that's encouragement for the future. And tell yeah. me a little bit about how do you instill that in your children? I know you have small.
2: So it's a challenging. I mean, they're, they're still young. I mean, you know, they're, they're still two and five. So
0: no, <laughs> no, no, no heavy reading just yet. Not yet. Um, but as far as your your plan for you had this experience, and I'm so glad that you shared that with me with your father and and he said look son there is another way that you can look at life productivity yeah how do well, you take that and and pass it down to the next generation you know and so even in, he didn't even actually i
2: feel like had that exact outlook at the time either um you know i mean he had he had a set up the like it it's you know it's a family run business and so um he still he's still heavily involved but like i guess that uh he he uh he just kind of saw this as an opportunity. And, I, and for some reason, I mean, I actually was like, I, I didn't go to school that day to just to go to that event, that initial event. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason he he thought it would, you know, be impactful for some reason. But like it, he like I think he was just kind of just doing what he felt was right all along before that, you know, setting up his own business. Um, but uh you know, I guess going, going back to the question, like with uh how I would do it with my kids. I mean, I, I have uh, bought the entire set of uh, Andy Frisella's books, children's books. Um, I had started reading them when my daughter was much younger. She, it just you know, a little bit too young for her to really understand. Um, so we're still kind of waiting at a right time for her to kind of grasp it a little more. She's actually probably at that point now. Um, but, um, but I feel like, you know, his books are teaching a children's book that teaches the, you know, the concepts of... Um, competition, discipline, winning, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would actually probably start them off when they get a little bit older, like with maybe a book like The Alchemist. I mean, something like that. That's like, that's a a, a simple book, but yet, you know, very powerful, you know, depending on when you read it. I, I, I had listened or actually read that book uh, when I was like 14 or 15, um, not really knowing so much of what the kind of book what book it was, you know, until the end.
0: Right. Got it. And so, as far as uh, what you've learned after after all of this education and application for for your shop, uh, I know that you you run a pretty efficient uh, show over there. So, talk to me about some of the things that that you've been able to put in place in this kind of industrial environment that that has really helped your business grow.
2: Um, well, we we did uh, we set up core values um, a year and a half ago. Um, and I'll be honest, we're still fine tuning and still working ways to implement them better. Um, we're, we're still, that's a long work in progress. And I think, um, have got more ideas coming soon, but, um, a lot of it is, uh, productivity has helped a lot, like in, you know, in, in my personal productivity. Um, but then I, I think, I think just the, even though the core values we're having to, you know, to, trying to get them instilled, I guess, in, in the company culture. Um, I think a lot of what's happened too, is that like, there's been a shift in the last few years that bo- both myself and my dad, uh, both of us um, are taking care of ourselves more physically, um, you know, spending more time on us and they see that um, our company, you know, our employees see that. And it's, it's just a different culture of employees that we have at the moment than we did, You know, I would say before that happened and I don't even think we realized that happened um, so much as like when it, I don't know, I guess, I don't don't know. It's, you know, we started caring about them and, and, and our own selves over just getting the jobs and production and business done.
0: So, so what you're telling me is the fact that you're investing in yourself and you're taking care of yourself, your employees are seeing that and it's having a positive impact on them in some way. How's that infecting them? (laughs) That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I mean, I,
2: I just, it just feels like the, you know um, how do I answer that? I mean, the, the, let me see that. I mean, we just have a better culture.
0: You know, there's um, it seems, it seems to me like if, if I were working in a, in a place and I mean, it's hard work, what you do, Uh, it's hard mm -hmm. manual labor. Uh, And I'm sure it gets up to really hot there in the shop and you're, you're, banging on iron and there's a kiln and all this stuff is going on. And then if I'm working in this environment and I see the person that I look up to that makes that pays my paychecks, taking time to invest in themselves and giving me the freedom to do it and and not only the freedom to do it, but encouraging me to do it. Hey, listen, you got to take care of yourself. This job isn't your life. Yeah, it it almost makes me more dedicated to that job and to that environment. There's yeah. a, uh, there's a really great book by Craig Hanley called, uh, I believe it's called hired to, Qu- uh, and Craig Hanley is this, uh, really, really interesting guy. And he built a call center in Mexico and he paid them like real wages and treated them really, really well. And one of the things that he instilled in them was, Hey, your dream is probably not to build a world class call center that's Mm -hmm. my dream. Yeah. I don't expect you to share my dream. And so I'm going to support you in finding whatever your dream is. And they have all these, you know, Hey, we'll pay for your college. You know uh, we give you paid time off, you know, and, and we just basically, he created this culture to say, you need to take care of yourself. And what happened was people didn't leave. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you know what? This isn't my dream, but I actually love being here. I'm going to stay.
2: Yeah. It sounds a lot like the book, the dream manager. Have you read that one?
0: No.
2: Um, very similar. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, discovering what your employees dreams are then, and finding what, what they want to do, um, and where they plan to go. Um, and I would say more recently, some of that we, we, uh, you know, I sat down with a few of our guys and, and just asked them directly, like, Hey, what, you know, what's your goal in the next few, five, you know, three, five years. Um, and, you know, one of them wanted to be slightly more independent, you know, in a sense or, or you know, more or less do what we do. And I was like, OK, well, and, but, he, you know, he wanted to see the job from start to finish and, you know, be really seeing the finish. And I didn't realize that he didn't want he, he didn't like work, he liked working in the shop, but he liked actually seeing the finished product and, and actually, And we knew he would be good on our installation crew, um, but we just thought he actually liked it in the shop. Um, so we actually switched it around and he's actually excelled, um, a ton being on the install crew. Plus he has a little bit of independence and feels like, you know, he has the full ownership and i and I told him, I'm like, I want you to feel like, you know, you, you have your own business, but I, I don't want you to, I want to make it so that, you know, you never want to leave because I'm going to make it so that it's enjoyable for you. You know, you don't have to deal with all the other stuff of the business. So, and so he's, he's completely happy with that.
0: So. At the moment, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes all we have to do is ask the question, and and we'll get the answer.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is, and that's that's I mean the main thing of the book is you know really finding out what your employees want and need. You know, sometimes it's super simple; it's not money all the time, and sometimes it's you know, uh, you know, it's a better way of getting to and from work, and um, you know, or simplifying things. And so that's what the book goes about. You know, um, and yeah.
0: I, So, so how do you, how do you manage uh, as far as time management? uh, You know, well, let's, let's back up because, you know, we're on an audio podcast. Most people, most people can't see the fact that you and I look almost exactly alike. (laughs) We get mistaken (laughs) for each other constantly, which is, which is, you know, weird because I don't think I look anything like you, but, you know um, so, but take me through when, what is it that you do exactly, and just just describe it so that people can understand? I mean, I've seen your work, and and it is gorgeous. Uh, you do these amazing things, but but describe it in your words. What it is that you actually do for people?
2: Our our company, yeah. Um, so I mean, we produce architectural ironwork, and so that includes gates, railings, uh, decorative metalwork, uh, mostly residential uh, products and or projects that we're working on for you know, um, high end homes. So, you know, usually homes that are two, 3 million and up, you know, sometimes they're $25 million homes. Um, So, I mean, you know, we'll do, we'll do railings and things that are, are more custom. So we're trying not to use off the shelf products that, you know, can be purchased that a lot of other fabricator shops can use or they may buy. Um, And, you know, we, we do a lot of actual blacksmithing in our shop. So we forge products and parts in house. Um, so and and sometimes we'll be able to forge custom elements that are unique to each product um, or each item. So maybe there's a railing that has a special baluster in it that there's a, a there's a special detail that you know that railing will be the only one that ever has that. Um, and uh, so, I mean, we're reshaping the metal, you know, taking maybe a square bar and turning it into an oval or something. So, I mean, or I mean, it could be a lot more complicated than that. So, you know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to just, you know, you know, but also at the same time, we, we solve a lot of it, a lot of problems, you know, for clients using metal. Um, there's all kinds of things of, you know, basically uh, building fixtures and brackets so that uh, there's a floating shower seat. In a, in like a, this stone, you know, floating shower or like a, a stone seat in the shower. Um, and you'll never see the metal in the end. It'll, mm. it'll just be floating and, and people maybe never even think about it. But if someone who does, they'll be like, oh, how'd they make that work? Um, you know, cause it's,
0: yeah, it, it shouldn't. <laughs> so, so a lot of really unique designs, then it sounds. Yes. And, yeah. and so what, what would you say? Just kind of based on your experience and uh, I know this is something that you that you do with your dad. Uh, what would you say is really the difference between the types of jobs you get and some, some regular metal shop that's coming in and putting in rebar or whatever. Like what, what do you think separates this, this custom work that you do from just any other contractor?
2: I think like some of it is just that because we're, we're, we're usually not afraid of a challenge and solving a problem, or uh, you know making something work um sometimes it's where other other places just say it can't be done and we, we we when when that happens we'll be like okay we'll figure it out you know and some for some reason we always do um but the other the other thing is is that we have just the capability to forge those parts and pieces that just others can't like some you know some other places may say you know just They'll, they'll do everything cut out of plate, you know, out of like with a laser or plasma cutter, um, where we'll actually forge elements. Um, and, and it just goes back to being able to
0: reproduce things that have been done for centuries. Um, let me, let me ask you a question about something you said, uh, when you get into a situation, somebody says, ah, it can't be done. And then you say, look, take me there. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay what is your process for figuring it out? Is there like a step one, step two, step three? Like, and and the reason I'm asking this is because as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, a lot of times we're faced with problems that are like, that can't be done. And then we have to, we have to basically say, all right, we'll figure it out. And so we have our own methods and some of those methods are really messy. And so, can you walk me through like, all right, if you're looking at an impossible situation where like three, three other people have turned this job down, you're like, all right, I got to figure it out. What is, what is that one, two, three process that you do to kind of figure it out?
2: Um, Well, I guess, you know, of course I'm analyzing the problem to begin with. Um, And I mean, there's, there's some problems that just, we, we, we do turn down, but there's, there's um, so I guess, you know, we first would analyze this, the problem, but also we would kind of define all the constraints of what, what is required to fit that that issue. Um, like, does it, is, is weight in effect? Is the size, um, you know, maybe it's how it's mounted, you know, there could be structural issues, some things like that. But then also, also look at, is cost an issue compared to what it is? Cause sometimes, you know, any problem can be solved with the right amount of money, for the most part. <laughs> so, um, and so, you know, if 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 it's a very limited budget, we may not be able to solve it. Um, and you know, we all, we do also look at truly is it within our spectrum, you know, um, within our scope? Because there are some materials that we just you know we don't work with. We obviously do more work in metal, but we don't do really work in all metals. Um, so, um, so I guess I look at that what the constraints are, um, and then. I, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, just kind of rely on experience, like past experience. Um, And then one, one great thing I think is because we're dealing in construction. Well, I mean, you know, I've been doing it, you know, for 15 years, 16 years, um, you know, been around it. Uh, But my dad has another, you know, 30 years on me of that experience in construction um, and previous construction, you know, doing woodwork and uh, from framing to finished carpentry and Um, and then, you know, just from his dad learning all the other basics of plumbing and things like that. So we've got a, you know, a wide range of things to fall back on. Um, and then, so if there is an area that I don't understand, um, I mean, it could be as simple as Googling it, looking it up, searching somewhere. Um, but, or finding the person who does know the answer,
0: um, you know, like you really, you, you, I don't know if you realize this, but, but you actually, you, you outlined a a pretty genius, genius pattern to follow. And I wrote it down here and say, I'm going to feed it back to you. And you're gonna be like, did I say that? Uh, the first thing that we do. Okay. So if we're faced with a problem that seems impossible, according to Jason, the first thing you need to do is you need to analyze the problem and understand it. The next thing you need to do is you need to define the constraints that you're working in. And then after that, consider your cost concerns. And then once you've considered all of that, then you have to determine, is this something that is within my scope to be able to solve? And then finally, you rely on some past experience and some precedent, things that have happened in the past to really understand, should I move forward with this or not? You said that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't number it, but yeah. And, <laughs> and like I said, I, I would say that sixth step is that when, when I find the, the, por- the portion that we don't know, is then, then we seek outside help. So, and, and that's where having a good network of people is, is extremely helpful. Um, you know, I'm in several different networks, plus of just the, you know, one-on-one connections you have over the years. Um, you know, Hey, I know someone who, who has dealt with something similar or, um, or, you know, you know, reach out to this other network and say, has anyone else dealt with this problem? So,
0: yep. Awesome. You know, and, and I, I feel like now that we're kind of digging into how your brain works here, I think it's time for us to check out the do zone diagnostic. Are you ready? Uh-oh. All right. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to crack open your noggin and take a look at the inside and I'll put it back together probably. Oh, so this is a series of five questions. I ask every guest so that we can see how your brain ticks, soak up all the knowledge that we can Just rapid okay. fire. First thing that comes to mind. So what is one thing you do, Jason, that keeps you focused on your goals?
2: I look at, I look back to my family, my kids, my wife. Um, I mean, I have several pictures around my office um, of them, like over here and over here. And that helps me remember
0: why I'm doing it. Nice. And, and how do you get back on track whenever you lose that focus?
2: Uh, I go, um, you know, sometimes if I, if I feel kind of stuffy in my head or something after, working on something for a while in my office, I get up, and I, I walk out into our shop, walk around, which I usually find some more problems out there, but that clears my head of the problem I have initially in my, or, you know, of, of, uh, of feeling stuck sometimes.
0: And, and who is your support group and, and how do they keep you accountable?
2: Uh, so I guess I have several, I mean, of course, uh, my wife, and my dad, which I work one-on-one, you know, or, you know, I work daily with my dad. Um, And then, uh, you know, I guess uh, I have a a few people I I, I talk to, um, you know, we call it the pain gang. (laughs) You know, we talk every week. Uh, I'll bring it up. You know, there's a few guys that I've met through uh, through Apex and uh, we talk weekly and uh, are always uh, setting like a weekly accountability goals that just help us just do those little micro uh movements forward. Nice.
0: The pain gang, you said?
2: Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> uh Brian Bursick, Chase scroggins and Alex Keats and okay. myself.
0: <laughs> awesome. Bring in the pain. Yeah. So where do you draw the line on what to do and what to delegate?
2: Uh you know, usually it comes down to, I mean, if if I if I know someone else can do this task easily enough. Um, and it's repetitive enough, I, you know, I need to be delegating it. Um, and it comes down, it, you know, being a, a business owner, um, I, I'll kind of refer to Thomas Keenan's time buckets um, that he mentions in his book, um, you know, and is it a $10 an hour, $10 an hour task, $50 an hour task, you know, and so on. Um, you know, if it's one of those lower dollar an hour tasks that, I can train someone else to do. I should be delegating
0: it. So. Hmm. Got it. And last question, what is the number one pro tip you'd give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Uh,
2: eliminate as many distractions as possible. Um, and that, that's a tough one for me as well. Um, you know, something like, uh, what I found I like to do is set a timer and, um, and, and set it. So, you know, you're trying to beat that timer to get something done or several things done. I found that that actually increases uh, productivity, you know, during the day. So,
0: okay, great. Yeah. I like it. Setting the timer. And so, so tell me a little bit about, uh, about your business. Uh, first of all, tell us where we can learn more about it. It's called Grizzly iron. That's a cool <laughs> name. Why is it called Grizzly iron, you know, and who do you serve? So it's uh, called Grizzly Iron. My dad
2: has a long story of a bear encounter when he was 14 years old. So, and ever since he was uh, obsessed with bears and um, my mom kind of, she, she had picked up the similar obsession, you know, when they got married. And uh, um, so when he started a business, they, uh, they wanted something a little unique and went with grizzly and uh, being in Arizona, we don't actually have any real grizzly bears. So, um, so it also makes it unique for our area. (laughs) So uh, you know, we serve, like I said, high-end residential clients. Um, you know, we actually work with, the uh, builders, contractors, uh, you know, designers, um, sometimes architects, uh, and then also directly with the homeowners. Um, so like I said, you know, most of them are going to be, you know, two, $3 million homes and up. Um, and yeah, and, and we actually ship across the country sometimes too, because people have found us online. Um, you know, we've shipped as far as Hawaii and Virginia and Florida. Um, I can
0: Washington. imagine it's probably pretty costly to ship iron structures to Hawaii.
2: Luckily I didn't have to find that out too much.
0: Uh, luckily the, the
2: couple projects that we had been working on, they had, uh, they, they had regular shipments and containers coming out of LA. Um, so they would load up a container with as much stuff as possible. So all we had to do was get it to Long Beach. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, well, well done then. That's yeah. cool. And, uh, And so grizzly iron and the website is grizzlyiron.com. That's correct. That's our business website. And, and can we, can we go there and and see any, any photos of of past work that you've done or, or is there somewhere else that you can guide us for that?
2: No, there's plenty of photos on, on, on our website. Um, as well as how to contact us and, and, uh, I think there's even a link to our Instagram, which we don't post to as much as we should. We need to get a little better at that, but, um, And then there's our Facebook page as well. And so we also teach uh, blacksmithing and knife making classes. Um, It's something that we've been doing for almost 10 years, but in the last few years, it's uh, grown into a kind of a, its own little business, but, you know, through, through the company. And uh, we have outside demonstrators that come in as well. And,
0: you know, that teach. That is, that is like the ultimate manly thing. You're going to create your own knife.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and so, yeah, on our website, we have our classes all listed and you can see everything that we do.
0: Nice, excellent. Well, Jason Labrash, thank you very, very much for coming on here and sharing your wisdom and, and uh, being a part of this uh, community here with the Do Zone. For those of you who are interested in checking out Jason's work or attending one of his workshops in Phoenix, you can go to grizzlyiron.com. And you got to say it like this, grizzlyiron.com. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up for, from here. Once again, grizzlyiron.com if you want to learn a little bit more about Jason and maybe come to one of his knife-making workshops in Phoenix. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to the thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name. Until then, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours?
1: I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go need some help with accountability are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you join the dz tribe for free by visiting the we're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done oh one more thing see you next time.